The Gemara reads as follows. This is a standard Gemara. What you're looking at in source three is the way it looks in our Vilna print. Rabbi Samla'i, who is a third generation, Eretz Yisrael Amora, he came to a Pidyon Haben. A Pidyon Haben, of course, is the ceremony we do when a child born not of the Eisenbergs or the Sternbergs or the Kaplans all right, uh, is born, and uh, he is the first fruit of the womb of the woman. Uh, and he is therefore a Bechor, and uh, he belongs really to the Eisenbergs or the Sternbergs, right, etc. And so we buy him back for five shkalim. And there is a bracha to be said there. And here's the kicker. Pshita al pidyon ha-ben. al pidyon ha-ben. Avia ben mevarech. Now, the sentence structure here is really weird. Pshita is a word that we use. It means it's obvious. It's a word that we use in two different syntactical contexts. If it's used at the beginning, it's a setup. Meaning, this is obvious. That's obvious. What about that one? Right? So pshita is a setup, and that's how it's used here to present the part of the information that is known and understood and needs no elaboration, which is there to introduce another part of it, which needs to be clarified. Sometimes pshita shows up at the end of a statement, and it's a challenge in saying, what do you have to teach me that for? It's obvious, and then we explain what it's needed for. But here it's a setup pshita. Shita, it's clear to us that al pidyon ben. When you're doing pidyon ben, asher kiddushan mitzvotav tzivan al pidyon ben. Now, by the way, you'll see that throughout this this source sheet, which is long, there's 30 sources here. Um, I've highlighted brachot that are berchot mitzvot, which are going to show up a lot here. The brachot that have the formulation baruch atashem kolam asher kiddushan mitzvotav tzivanu something. I've highlighted them with yellow highlight and black text. There's another bracha I've highlighted with blue highlight and black text, and you'll see it's coming up, and that's the focus of the shear. So now here's the statement. Pshita al pidyon ben, asher kitsham tzavetzivanu al pidyon ben, that bracha avi ben mevarech, that the father makes the bracha, not the Kohen, right? And the Gemara does not give us a reason why that's obvious. Maybe that's what obvious means. It doesn't need an explanation. Baruch shechianu v'kimanu v'giyanu lazman hazeb, so they asked Rabbi Semloi this question, and they're about to do it. If it's at Pidyon Aben, what do we do? Which, by the way, is interesting because what nobody had been in a previous Pidyon Aben, they didn't remember. They said, okay, we know that the father is the one who makes the bracha of the mitzvah al Pidyon Aben. Question is, who makes the bracha Shechianu? Which, by the way, means that they are presuming that you make a Shechian on the Pidyon Aben. And the only question they're asking is, who makes it? And here's the issue. Kohen Mivarech, maybe the Kohen makes the bracha. Why? The Kamati Hana'aliyadeh. He's the one getting the money. So he should say Shechianu. But if you think about it, it's sort of an interesting assumption. Oh, Avia Ben Mivarech, maybe the father makes the bracha, which means he'd make both. The Ka'avid Mitzvah, because he's doing the Mitzvah. Now, our shir, to some extent, is going to revolve around those two lines, which is, Kohen Mivarech, the Kamati Hana the Kohen makes the Bracha because he's the one getting the Hana, getting the benefit, which is the money, or the Father makes the Bracha because he is the one doing the Mitzvah. 
Lo Rabbi Simloy did not have an answer. Ata Shail Bey Midrasha. He went to the Beit Midrash to ask them. So he's waiting at the Pidyon Ben. They're all standing there with the baby, who's now 30 days old, and the parents and the coin. They're all waiting for the rabbi to go check it out. Goes to the Beit Midrash and asks them what to do. Amrule, and they said, Avi Haben The father makes both brachot. Now, why does the father make both brachot? The main issue, of course, is Shechianu. I, I'm going to uh, mute you guys because somebody's got uh, some noise there, but you can always, of course, unmute yourself. Um, why does the father make the bracha? The answer, the father makes the bracha. Why does the father make the bracha? So based on what we saw in the Gemara, it should be because he's the one doing the mitzvah. But it didn't say that. It just said, the answer is the father makes the bracha. Maybe there's some other reason he makes the bracha. We don't know. And now the Gemara ends with a statement, which is not common, but not absolutely unheard of. Hilchata, the halacha is, and that's, by the way, in the end of the Gemara, it's the end of Psachim. The halacha is that the father makes both brachot. Now, by the way, that last statement had to be made because it could be that that Beit Midrash that Rabbi Simloi consulted with had the opinion the father makes the bracha. Maybe there's a dissenting opinion. So we then have a line to say that is the halacha. And by the way, that line, Behilchata, is a very late addition to the Gemara, way later than Rabbi Samlai. It may be even from the Gonic period. We have it several times in Gemara, it's like numerous times in Gemara, that at the end of a sugya, then there'll be kind of a wrap-up that'll say, there's a dispute here, there's two opinions here, there's three approaches here, this is what we do. Hilchata, this. And that's a very late addition to the Gemara. But the question is, what's going on in the sugya? Why is there a Shechian made at all at Pidyon Aben? Why is there a question who makes the Shechianu? After all, why would he make a Shechianu Pidyon Aben? We assume it's because you're doing a mitzvah, and it's a mitzvah that involves festivity, and you're happy, etc. So you're making a Shechianu when you do the mitzvah. Now, when you shake lulav, you say the bracha on tilat lulav, correct? On the first day, who makes the Shechianu? The owner of the Lulav and Esrog. Mm, almost. Okay. Almost. Who, who makes it? Say it simpler than that. Who's, who makes it? Everyone. The shaker. The guy who shakes it. You shake Lulav, you take, take two brachot. I'll Lulav and Shachianu. Right? Okay. You, um, you, um, read Megillah. You say three brachot. A shaker, sometimes it's going to become a Shasanisim, and who says Shechianu? The reader. The reader. That's part, that's part of what it is. I'm doing a mitzvah. I'm doing a mitzvah that comes from time to time. I make Shechianu. So why here are they asking the question, who makes the bracha? The fa- it should be a no-brainer the father makes it. That should be pshita. The father's doing the mitzvah. Kohen's not doing a mitzvah. The Kohen is helping the father do a mitzvah. The father is commanded to redeem his son. The Kohen's not, re- not commanded to do anything, but he wants to make five bucks. He'll show up. Right, so it's a it's kind of a strange question. I want to show you this question here. Sure, Maybe perhaps at, at the Brit Milah, twenty-two days before. Yeah, I assume the father said a shechianu then. That's a machloka between Rambam and Rabbeinu Tam about whether we make a shechianu at the Brit Milah. Interesting if, thing. If, if you made it at the Brit Milah, then this yeah. is a, a new mitzvah involving the same child. Right, saying shechianu. Is for the for the act for the act of the pigeon I bet, not for the right, child, not, not for the child correct. himself. Right, correct. He's not saying shachian on the birth of the child. 
but rather saying Shachiyam on this new mitzvah that is very occasional. It'll typically, a father will only do it one time in his life, if at all. My wife's a bat levy, so we didn't do it. Sure, when you didn't do it. Alan, you didn't do it. Right? So any, any relation to, the, to that family doesn't do it at all. Right? So, you know, I don't know what the average is. Of, but one out of three people end up doing Pidyana Ben ever in their life. Right? So it's very, very occasional. So you would think that that's the reason you're doing it. By the way, the Brittany Law thing where it's going to come up, we're going to take a look at it. Uh, at the Rambam's opinion towards the end of Shear. And this, by the way, might have to carry to next week because it's very long. Take you take a look at this Taviyad. Now, I I actually laid out the lines to follow the lines on the on the page, so be easy to follow. If you see where I put my cursor, it's the end of the first line that shows up. It says Rab Simloi. You see it in the Taviyad. So I wrote, I I copied it down here. Rab Simloi. That's exactly like Agamor. He came to a, a Pidyon Aben. Baumine, and they asked him, Al Pidyon Haben. And now this next piece is not in the text. You see the part in the brackets that I highlighted? You see it in the brackets? It's over here in the text as a margin note. It's like it wasn't included in the original text. So the original text read. Right, Al Ben that bracha. Certainly, the father makes the bracha. All right, that's a relatively small difference for our purposes. It is a lot of words to be missing from the Gemara. And then either over here, the sofer said "oops" and put a margin note in, or more than likely, what happened is somebody else came along and said, "I have to explain what that means," which means this is not part of the text, but it is. An, an explanation. What happens sometimes is these explanations then get integrated into the text, and by the time we come to our Vilna print, it's part of the actual text. Just an interesting phenomenon. Okay, and now watch what the what this version of the Gemara says. Vaday aviha ben mevarech deka mekayem mitzvah. Now that we don't have in our Gemara. <clears throat> it says, certainly the father makes the bracha on pidyon ben because he's doing the mitzvah. And now watch this. Odilma Kohen Mivarech. Now I'm I'm ignoring the highlighted stuff because you know where this is on the on the second highlight is on the page? You see this really tiny print on the right side of the margin? It's impossible to read, right? Enlarge it, go ahead. Good luck. But evidently that's what it says. So I'm going to ignore that. I'm going to read it again without the stuff that's on the side, just the text inside. From the beginning, Rabsamloi came to Pidyon Aben. They asked him, The father makes the bracha because he's doing the mitzvah. Maybe the coin makes the bracha because he's getting the money. By the way, which bracha are they talking about? Not at all clear. Lo have biyadei. Right? He didn't know. He went to the Nebi Drash to ask. It was exactly like Gemara. Amrulei avia ben mevarech shtayim. Now, by the way, notice, you see on the text, right above those two big lines in the middle, do you see on the text that those words are smaller? It looks like those were added in later. 
or something like a, like a, like a Rashi, like a comment. So that means that the final result is Aviha ben Varishtain. The father makes two brachot, which means maybe the question from the get go was there's two brachot. Who makes both of them? Maybe the coin could have made both of them. It's unclear what's happening here. If, if I could draw an analogy with Brit Milagin. Sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, the the uh, the uh, the moil makes a bracha when he does when he does the uh, does the act. Very good. Maybe this, and then you, the, the go in here could say, "Listen, if I don't receive your money, there's no act." And so he's also oh, good. Very he's good. also he's also engaged in it. So that maybe that's the havamina as to why he might he, he might uh, save two brachot. I like it. So it could be that either the, in, what they're saying seemingly, I'm picking up where Sherman's going. Maybe that was obvious in this version of the Gemara that whoever makes the bracha makes both. If you make the bracha, you make shachianu. Remember we said about Lulav, whoever makes the bracha makes shachianu. question is, who's making the chief bracha that will also say shachianu? Say the Kohen Bevarshtayim or Vin Bevarshtayim. And you could say, right, the Kohen is Bevarshtayim because, now, here's the question. In both versions of this, the Kohen getting money somehow is important. I don't mean it's important for the function. It's important for the bracha. Because in either version, they ask, Maybe the Cohen's the one to make the bracha because he's getting money. And why is that important? So I'm going to answer that or try to explain it, hopefully, by deconstructing the whole Shechianu piece and going to the beginning. Now, it is a, an accepted notion that is shita to all of us that when you do certain mitzvot, you make a Shechianu. Give me some examples of mitzvot that you do when you make shachianu, and I'm going to guardedly respond to your to your list. What are some mitzvot that we do that make shachianu when we do them? Kiddush and Yom Tov. So I'm going to guardedly say not exactly, and I'll come back to that. Okay. Hanukkah, Hanukkah candles. Hanukkah candles, good. Okay. Although even that, I'll maybe. Shofar. Go. Okay. What? Shofar. Shofar, excellent, good, good. And why am I so comfortable with Shofar and not so comfortable with Kiddush at Yom Tov? Because, and I'll go to it, it's a Sugyan Masechet Eruvin, by the way, it's nowhere in the Mishnah, nowhere in Tanitic literature, that we make a Shechianu when we arrive at a holiday. And so therefore, when you come to a holiday, you make the Bracha Shechianu at Kiddush, as part of the holiday has arrived. Mm-hmm. Now, how do I know that shofar is different? Because I already made Kiddush, made a shachianu the night before at Kiddush on Rosh Hashanah. Why am I making shachianu again when I blow shofar? Separate That's mitzvah. driven by the mitzvah of shofar. Right? Excellent. So now what's a parallel example of that two weeks later? Sukkah. I sit in my sukkah and I make shachianu for the holiday. I make it with Kiddush. I sit up, I sit, sit down, I stand up, whatever your minute is. And I say, and I say, the next day I shake Lulav for the first time. And I say, again. So that must be for the mitzvah of Lulav. Very good. When else do we say when we do a mitzvah? Sounds like we're only doing it on first times. Right. First time we do a mitzvah. Correct. Good. So we said, near Hanukkah, we already said reading Megillah. Right. Okay, good. So the truth is, the list is not so easy to wrap wrap ourselves around. So we're going to see how this plays out. But let's go backwards. Where does Shechianu start? The Brach of Shechianu, where does it start? 
The answer is it starts right in front of you in source five. The first time Shechianu shows up, and the only time Shechianu shows up anywhere in the Mishnah is right here. And it's for one thing only. All right? And that is, if you build a new house, or you bought new clothes, Omer Baruch Shehigianu Lazman Hazet. Now we're going to look at two things during this year, and again, it may stretch to next week. We'll have to say Shachianu again next week. Um, is one question is on what occasion do you say Shachianu? The other is what's the words of Shachianu? This is the Mishnah, and I took Saviad Kaufman, so we got the best version of the Mishnah. What's the word of words of Shachianu here? What does it say that? I want you to tell me what the Mishnah says. What does it say? Look, it's, look, it's highlighted in blue. Now, important to note that if you look through this entire chapter, the ninth chapter of Brachot in the Mishnah, which is the miscellaneous Brachot chapter, um, all the Brachot that are listed there, and there's lots of Brachot listed there, have the formula Baruch, whatever. And the assumption of all Rishonim, with one exception, the Ravid, is that what it means is Baruch HaTashem and they didn't just want to write the whole thing out. So Baruch Dayan Emet is Baruch HaTashem and Kim Dayan Emet. Baruch HaTov Metiv is Baruch HaTashem and Kim HaTov Metiv. And Baruch Shigiyanu Lazman Azeh would therefore be Baruch HaTashem Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Shigiyanu Lazman Azeh. But then again, what's our wording? We don't say Shigiyanu, we say Imanu. Shechianu v'kimanu v'giyanu. We've got to figure out where that came from. So we've got two jobs in this year. Job one is, how did Shechianu proliferate into so many places? When here it starts with one thing, which is when you buy a new house or buy new clothes. How did Shechianu get into Kiddush and Yamto and the first time you blow, and when you blow Shofar, and the first day of Sukkot when you shake Lulav, and the first night of Hanukkah, right? How did it get there? Second thing is, what's the wording of Shechianu? Not so simple. But I want to show you something else from the previous Mishnah. That's why I put part of Mishnah Bet, part of Mishnah Gimel here. This, as I mentioned, chapter 9, which we're going to see more of, chapter 9 is the miscellaneous Brachot chapter. All of Birchot Hashach, almost all of Birchot Hashachar are in there, and Ashayatzar is in there, and so many other Brachot, uh, Brachot and Thunder and Lightning, it's all in, in that parrot. So the Mishnah says, in the middle of Mishnah Bet, as you can see in Source 5, what happens when it rains? And then we're talking about a case where it hasn't rained for a while, in certain circumstances. It's not every time that there's a drizzle. What are besorot tovot? Something we, we need more of. Something we need Very more good of. News. Something good news. We, that, that these days it seems like we rarely get. But good news. What is, what's good news? We don't know. But and we, we don't know because we're not used to it. But uh, whatever Besorotovot are going to be defined as, what bracha do you make when you hear good news? Right? And what's its inverse given right afterwards? Al Shmuot Haraot. What's Shmuot Haraot? What is Shmuot Haraot? Bad news. Bad news. So what do you say? Baruch. 
Dayan Hayemet. Now we associate Baruch Dayan Hayemet with only one thing, and that is death. with death. We hear that somebody passed away, we say Baruch Dayan Hayemet. Unfortunately, this year I've gotten too many WhatsApps that say BDE, and then I open it up and I see who passed away. Right, we've had now a very difficult year. But Baruch Dayan Hayemet is our response, and if we're one of the mourners, we actually say Baruch Hashem Olam Dayan Hayemet. Right? And its opposite is Atoba Metiv. Shechiyan is not part of this. And then in the next Mishnah, there's a new thing, which is when you build a new house or you buy new clothes or you bought a new house, then you say Shechiyan or Shehigiyan. All right? Good. And then in what seems to be something of a summary of this, we have the phrase, Mevarech al me'in al ha-tova me'in al You bless God for bad things, just like you do for good things and vice versa, which then finds another formulation in two Mishnayot later. All right, which is just like you bless God for good things, you have to bless God for bad things. Shinemar, and you quote the famous Pasuk, <coughs> top of the first page, and we interpret it. What's Avcha? You have to love God even with your animal urges, whatever that may mean. is the famous thing with Rabbi Akiva, even when they're taking your life away. Right? And this, by the way, is the source for martyrdom. You have to love God more than your own life. And with all of your possessions. And then this is the part that it's there for. There's another meaning. Whatever God measures out for you, there's a play on Mida and Mode and Maod. Right? Mida is measure, Mode is to thank, and Maod is a lot. So whatever God measures out for you, be very thankful to him. So that's how we know you have to thank God for bad things and thank, thank God for good things. Okay. Can I, can I make an observation? Yeah, please. In the mission above, number five, yeah. the context there of Sheikh Yenul is different than all the other things we cited. Oh, good, which is? Because this is, this is life affecting. Your new house you're going to move into, your new clothing you're going to dress. It's, oh, not, right. a one, it's, it's not a shofar, it's not a one-time thing. It's right. going to affect the rest of your life. Right. So in other words, especially, especially where clothing was you know, rare and expensive. This would affect the rest of your life. So it's a different context than the other applications that we do for Shekhiyaru. Right. Agreed. I apologize, but I'm just muting people as I hear the, all the noise. Um, so again, press your space bar if you want to speak in. Um, correct. And you're right that that means, and now I've got this house, which I'm going to live in for the rest of my life for however long. These are my clothes, right? As opposed to, I just did something for the first time, and I'm going to put it down. That's a very good observation. Whether that impacts on the wording of the bracha is another thing to think about. Could be. But on the other hand, there is nowhere else in the Mishnah that the bracha of Shechianu appears besides here. It's not even called Shechianu here. It does not appear anywhere else. And so therefore, if somebody, from a perspective of the Mishnah, if they knew Mishnah, and you were to say to them, you're picking up Lulav for the first time in a year, said, okay, I'll say a bracha on Tzibat Lulav. Maybe, even that's questionable from the Mishnah. But I certainly don't have a reason to say Shachianu. Shachianu is not about mitzvot. Shachianu is about a grand acquisition. Right? Okay, so we have to figure out how we got from there to the question about Pidyon Aben, to all the other things we're familiar with. All right. And by the way, I mentioned there's 30 sources on this page. This is not even close to exhaustive, but it's a good start. Okay. 
So I want to take you to one other place, which um, is very timely. It's timely for Masach HaPsachim. It's timely for two days after Pesach. And it's very appropriate because it actually may impact on our understanding of Shechianu. I mentioned that the Mishnah makes no mention of Shechianu except for that one about buying new clothes and a house. However, there is a Mishnah that we saw a couple times over our pre-Pesach Shirim, which uh, in our Arab Sachim, in the 10th parak of Sachim, when it goes through the Seder, it, they have the Machlok of and Hill, how much of Halal do you say? Do you say one chapter? Do you say two chapters? And then we have this line. And by the way, you notice this line is reproduced here um, eight times. All right? It's reproduced here eight times for a reason. I didn't just want to fill up space. Um, the Mishnah says, this is our printed Mishnah. Our printed Mishnah says, Choten Begula. So when you finish, you then praise God, you say a bracha for redemption. Rabbi Tarfon Omer, what does Rabbi Tarfon say the bracha is? Asher Ga'alanu, the Ga'al et Avotenu Thank you, God, for redeeming us and our ancestors from Egypt. That's it. That was the whole bracha. Then Rabbi Kiva had his whole addition. Okay, that's the way it reads in our Mishnah. However, in the Mishnah of Ketav Yad Kaufman, it reads, Asher Galanam Galatavotenu Mitzrayim. By the way, the highlighted stuff in all of them is just the words of the bracha. So, so be clear. Asher Galanam Galatavotenu Mitzrayim Vihigiyanu Halay Lahazet. So according to this version of the Mishnah, what are you supposed to say after you Say Hallel at the beginning of the before the meal. Say Baruch Atah Hashem Lokim Lacholam. Thank you, God. Asher Gaalanu VeGaal Atam Lotenu Mitzrayim. You redeemed us and our ancestors from Egypt. VeHigiyanu Halay Lahazeh, and you brought us to this night. Now, this, by the way, sounds an awful lot like Shigiyanu Lazmanazeh. Shigiyanu Halay Lahazeh. Sounds an awful lot like. Okay, now. Take a look at what it looks like in our Gemara, because remember, the Mishnah is printed on our Gemara. So the Mishnah that's printed on our Gemara says, Asher Ga'alana V'galat Avotenu Mitzrayim, just like the printed Mishnah. If you look at the Munich manuscript, which is considered to be the best manuscript of the Gemara, it says, Asher Ga'alanu. That's it. Okay. However, I found a Ketav Yad, Columbia 294-295, that has even more. Asher Ge'alan, and this is going to be vital for what we do. Asher Ge'alanu V'ge'alat Avotenu Mitzrayim. V'higiyanu Lalai Lahazeh. Two interesting changes. The Higiyanu is written with the extra yod. And instead of Halai Lahazeh, it's Lalai Lahazeh. Okay. Le'echol bo matzah umerorim. So, thank you God for redeeming us. You brought us to this night in order to be able to eat matzah and maror. If you look in Taviat Oxford, 365, it says the same thing, except it says Maror instead of Marorim. Okay. If you take a look at the way the Mishnah shows up in the Yerushalmi, it reads, Asher Galanu Galatav Tenemitzrayim Vigiyanu Halai Lahazeh. In the Bavli, it doesn't have that red, that red text. By the way, what, what, is it, what does it say in our Haggadah? Haggadah, source 14. Now, there are three parts to this phrase. 
everybody agrees that the first part exists. A few texts supply the second part. And some of them even supply the third part. By the way, the third part without the second part doesn't exist. It wouldn't make any sense. It wouldn't make sense. Thank you for redeeming us for Egypt and eating matzah. That doesn't make sense. But you notice that there's three parts. The first part, which is black print with yellow highlight, is you redeemed us. Redeemed us, we do our ancestors from Egypt. That's Everybody agrees you say that. And then there are numerous versions, including the Mishnah in Kaufman, the Mishnah as it's printed in the Yushalmi, that add in three key words, vihigiyanu lalai lahazet, or halai lahazet, brought us to this night. Which I don't know about you, but to me sounds an awful lot like a shechianu. Now you already said shechianu, now I'm picking up what Sherman said about the Brit, you already said shechianu at the beginning of the evening in Kiddush. But maybe not at that point in history. Maybe it wasn't happening yet. But you're saying a form of Shachianu here. And then we have this version that adds in, and we say it in our Haggadah, you brought us to this night to eat Matzal Maror. Now at this point, I want to ask what kind of the bottom line question is. What is this bracha thanking God for? In, in the isolated version that only has the yellow and black, it seems to be thanking you, thanking God for redemption. Simply, Haggadah, Halal, thank you for redemption. But the ones that have the yellow and red, what would you say? What are we thanking God for? It's more specific. Okay, and what are we thanking God for in the... For that yeah. particular time. For the right. mitzvah. And, well... The, in the, time, the, the time and the mitzvahs. Except and, that and if you look at it, the, the, this one, for instance, uh, the Yerushalmi, right? In this one, right there. Yeah. There's no mention of mitzvot here. But what are you thanking God for seemingly? Just look at the words. You redeemed us from Egypt and you brought us to this night. Right. So what are you thanking God for? Continuity of the Jewish people. What? Yeah. Okay, that you have continue, allowed us to continue and you brought us to this night. Higiano is like a Shechiano that, that we're alive to celebrate it. Okay, very good. And what is it we're thanking? We're thanking God that you've brought us to the opportunity to celebrate our, our, our freedom, that we're still here, continuity, all of that. But now what happens when you add in these, these four words, the suddenly the bracha takes on a whole new pray, a whole new look. What are you thanking God for? It's even more specific. But, and what's that specific? You're thanking God for the for matzah and moror. That you have allowed us to come to this point to fulfill the mitzvah, matzah moror. Suddenly, this bracha is about fulfilling the mitzvah. Right. It's and not... it makes a lot of sense because what's the very next thing you're going to do when you finish this bracha? You're going to drink second cup, and what are you going to do? Wash your hands and eat matzah moror. Right, eat. But you're eating matzah moror, and you're saying it right here. So it's almost as if right before doing the act, I'm thanking God for bringing me to the point May keep me alive to be able to do this mitzvah of matzah mar. Which, which curiously is the opposite order of all the other mitzvot, where you say the bracha on the lulav and etrog first or whatever, and then yeah. you say the Oh, very good. Very opposite. good. So this is kind of maybe a proto-shechianu. Maybe this is an earlier form shechianu, before it takes on all of the nuances. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Very good.
So what do we have so far? What we have so far is we started off with our Gemara, which was a question asked about Pidyon Ben. And then we, we said, okay, we're going to have to get to that. We have to start looking at the beginning. The Mishnah tells us there's a Shechianu said only on acquisition of grand things. Like you say, lifelong things or big things. And then we suddenly find that the Mishnah also has this bracha that we say at the Seder, which according to some versions, it includes something that looks like Shachianu. And, and then it seems to be that in some versions of it, what's included in that Shachianu is not just arriving at the celebration, but arriving at the opportunity to fulfill mitzvot of the celebration. Okay. Now, let's step one step further ahead in history. We've dealt with the Mishnah here. Now we're going to go to the Tosefta. Some of these, some of these, some of these witnesses. Do we have the dating of them? Um, because you know, uh, Munich we do. Munich is, I think, thirteen, uh, 11th century. Um, the rest of them, I don't have the dating of them. The Yushalmi, of course, is based on Ktaviad Leiden, which is 13th century. Right. So I, I don't have the on, on this on these two, right? Which are the two that have the Matzah Marin? It's a good question. Very good question. Yeah. Be, all right. Yeah. So now take a look at this Tosefta, and suddenly you're going to see everything change. Because this Tosefta, remember, Tosefta is just after the Mishnah, although there are things added in the Tosefta much later, much after the, after the Mishnah. It's a Tosefta in Brachot. Remember, the Mishnah makes no mention whatsoever of saying a Shechiano when doing mitzvot, doesn't exist. Here's the Tosefta. And this is a topic sentence saying, when you do a mitzvah, you got to make a brachan. Which, by the way, also doesn't show up in the Mishnah, but we'll leave that one alone. Meaning the brachot, brachot made on mitzvot. Asher Kiddushan mitzvotav doesn't show up in the Mishnah either. Okay? And now watch what it says. Are you ready? This is being very surprising. If you make your own sukkah, you build your own sukkah. By the way, when do you build your sukkah? If you build a sukkah, when do you do it? After Yom Kippur. After Yom Kippur. Yeah, okay. Most people don't really start, but okay, maybe they finish that. All right. For, we, we have a minute in our house that the kids go up and put this chach up on, on some gedalia. Right? They have half a day of school, spend the other half a day on the roof. All right. And then uh, after Yom Kippur, we put up a picture or something. All right. But whenever it is that you're putting up a sukkah, Omer, get this, Baruch Shigianu Lazmanazet. According to Tosefta, mm-hmm. when are you saying the Baruch on the sukkah? As you're building it. Two weeks earlier, a week earlier, whatever it is. Right? I'll say it's within 30 days. Fine. But you're saying, and again, Shigianu. Nichnas Sheba, when you come in to sit in the sukkah on the first night, Omer, Baruch Asher Kirishanu Tzavetzivanu Lesheba Sukkah. Look familiar? That look mm-hmm. familiar? Okay. Yep. And now here's something that doesn't look familiar. You don't make the bracha more than once during the whole week. Because you so, walk in the so, first night. So, if you forget, I'll smoke, right? <laughs> you mean if you forget? At day two, three, four, etc. Yeah, I'll be smoke. Yeah, you still have to say it because we don't follow this Tosefta in practice. But what's the reason for this? The reason that the Rishalmi explains for this is because the mitzvah of sukkah is a 168-hour mitzvah. It's seven days, day and night. 
And so therefore, there's no real break in the mitzvah. And, uh, and therefore, you make one bracha at the beginning, and that's it. We don't rule that way. When you make your own lulav, you put your lulav together, Omer, Baruch, and watch this, Shechianu v'kimanu v'gianu v'azmanazeh. Suddenly, the Nusach we're familiar with shows up. Have you ever made a bracha on making a lulav? Nope. Okay, good. Neither have I. You're in good company. Shunot lo, Omer, Tzarech HaShechishom, Zavtzivanu, Al-Ntilat lulav. When you shake it, you say that bracha. That you have to make a bracha each day because each night you're not chayiv. There's not, not a continuous mitzvah. And now they've found a shorthand, which is baruch shechianu. That's what we call it. When you make tzitzit. Have you ever tied tzitzit? Yeah. I used to do it a lot in, in high school. Tied tzitzit. Shechianu. Okay. Shumitatev. When you put it on, you say, Okay, every day you got to make that bracha. When you make tefillin, I don't know if you've ever, I've never made tefillin. When you put them on, you say, All right, and then you put them on in the morning. Now notice that, and I put, the, I left this in because I want you to see the contrast. So, so far we talked about four mitzvot, sukkah, lulav, tzitzis, and tefillin. But when do you say the shechianu on all four of them, in this Tosefta. All four of them, same rule. When do you say the Shechianu on Lulav, Sukkah, Lulav, Tzitzis, and Tzitzis? When you make them, or build them. You make them. When you make them, which is sometime before the time of performance. When you make them, Shechianu. Interesting. Okay? Now, Yud Aleph talks about the bracha that you make on Shechita. There's no Shechianu there. When you do kisui hadam, covering up the blood of a of a fowl or of a wild animal, you make the bracha. I say kisui hadam biafar. Now here's the real shocker, and sure, and get ready for this. Hamohel tzarich bracha latzmo. When a guy does brit milah, he says al hamila. The father says tzivan lachisov b'toshal v'mavinu. What's missing? Shachianu. Right. So the Rambam and Rabbeinu Tam have the opposite takes on that. Ha'umdin mahim umrim. What does everybody standing around say? And, you know, we think this is, this is a very old phrase. Keshem sheichnasto labrit kentach insola toraluchu balamasim tovim. I'm familiar with that. And then ha'mvarech ma'omer. There you go, a guy saying a bracha. Right, that whole bracha that's made. Okay, good. Now look at your Dalit, because we're coming back to it. Now, by the way, what did the four Shechianus that we had here have in common? Alan said it perfectly, because you're making something. Right? Now, look at your Dalit. You're a farmer. And you're setting out for your granary to separate Trumot and Masrot to make sure that the Eisenbergs and the Sternbergs have what to eat. Omer Baruch Shigianu Lazmanazet Shuma Frishan. You have to say Shachianu. Right? Sorry. Shuma Frishan. When you separate it, Omer Baruch Hashem Sonatan Lafrish Shuma Masrot. When you make the bracha, when you separate. All right? So suddenly there's a Shachianu on, and this is like a different kind of Shachianu. Why are you saying a Shachianu? I could go back and understand why are you making a Shachianu here? Because I built a sukkah. It's like a house. I made a lulav. Ooh, I made it a fancy thing for a mitzvah. 
Sits is tefillin, good. That's like clothing. What? What? Why am I saying a shachianu here? Separating shemot and masor. What's the shachianu for? You you survived the agricultural season. Yeah, and, and successfully. I like that. Right. But then, why is it when I take shemot and masor? Why isn't it when I when I count up my goran, my granary? And, and notice if I'm interpreting this right, again, it's 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 flipped. You're saying Shechianu first, and you're saying the, the bracha second. Yeah, right. All of these are flipped, correct. All of these, they make the Shechianu beforehand, not when you're doing the mitzvah, but rather when you're preparing for it, when you walk in there, when you're building it, and you make the, 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 the leshev or the amtilat when you actually do it. Correct. They're all flipped. It's, it's a good point. Now, I want to show you one more thing also, the Tosefta, and then we have to talk about it a little bit. The Tosefta in Parakeh of Brachot, which actually talks about Brachot on food it says the following, right? Kohanim especially, but maybe not. So pay attention. I am makriv menachot b'yushalayim. You're standing in the mikdash and you're offering up menachot, grain offerings. Omer baruch shigiyano as manazeh. What are you saying shachiyano when you're offering up a menachot? Anybody want to throw out a proposal? Why? All right, to think about it, we'll go through this paragraph. Well, you're receiving you're receiving a, a benefit. Yeah, what's the benefit? Uh, because the Kohen is going to bless you or taking your sins or... All right, so if it's a mincha... Doing your carbon... Okay, maybe, maybe, okay. maybe it depends on what the source of the mincha is. Now, if it's a mincha for, as part of a korban todah yeah. or part of a korban pesach... Well, then, there's no okay. Okay, for best. Right, Corbin Todd. I'm sorry. Okay, good. 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 Then, good. then you then Hashem saved you from something. Whatever it is, it's four different categories. Okay. And then you and then he, then you say I, I survived. Whatever it was, I survived. I survived the prison. I survived the stay in the hospital. Right. Oh, good. Very good. Except then it should say something like Hayami Krat Makriv Minchat Toda. Right. I like what you're saying, but the language is a little bit not fitting. All right, let's let's keep it in mind. Let's let's, let's plow through and then we we'll come back to this. I'm not going to turn the page yet, or scroll the page. Shehuma Krivan, when you offer them up, Omer Baruch Hashem Kishon Zav Sivan Lachriv Menachot. God commanded me to bring Menachot. Shehu Ochlan, when you eat them, Omer Hamotzi Dachem Inaretz, because they're all the brachot you need. All right. Now, by the way, who is the subject of these three sentences? Who is the he who's making the brachot here? Kurt is not a Kohen. Kurt, you're not a Kohen, right? Okay. So Kurt decides to bring a Mincha and brings it to Alan to offer up on the Mizbeach. Alan offers it up on the Mizbeach. And then Sherwin happens to be on duty that day and he gets to have part of it that night. All right. So Alan's going to say the Bracha, and when Sherwin eats it, he's going to say, oh, Sherwin can eat it. Nigel can't eat it. I can't eat it. Only Kohanim can eat Mincha. So Sherman's going to say Amotzi on it. Who said the Shechianu? The Balabai. The Balabai. The person said it for bringing it? Yeah. Right. So I agree with you. And by the way, the Rishonim absolutely agree with you. I'm going to point out the problem of it. If you take a look at the wording here, it seems to be talking about one guy. How do I know it seems to be talking about one guy? What's the word that tips me off? Haya instead of Hayu. Look at that. 
If he was offering up menachot, he says, mm-hmm. When he, who's he? The guy of the previous sentence. Offers them up, he says, When he eats them, he says, Which means the same guy. Which means this guy has to be a who? Kohen. Has to be a Kohen. Can't be Kurt. Has to be Sherwin or Allen. So it can't be a Kohen. It can't be a, can't be a, a non-Kohen. So why would a Kohen make a Shechianu when he's bringing Menachot? Everybody want to take a stab? Well, he brings his own at times. If he brings his own, then there's nobody nobody can eat it. Minchat Kohen gets burnt up. This can't, this can't be a Minchat Kohen, at least to fill the whole the whole uh, system. Well, the Kohen's doing it for Hashem. Okay, good. So why is he making a Shechianu? And how often is he going to do that? I mean, imagine a Kohen's on duty, and there happens to be a day when a lot of people are bringing menachot, and he's mm-hmm. and every time he's saying shachianu, shachianu becomes a, a galachter. Then mm-hmm. maybe going back to the previous uh, to the Mishnah, you say shachianu when you build a house or buy new clothes that will hopefully be in service to Hashem. Okay, uh, and here the the Kohen's bringing a mincha offering in service to Hashem. Yeah, except that he's not the one bringing it, meaning he's not... Bringing it on behalf of someone. In yeah, behalf. Very good. So and how often... Let's say the Kohen has 10 minachot sitting there. Guys lined up. And he's got mincha duty this afternoon. Right? Just like a rabbi at Yula got mincha duty. He's got mincha duty this afternoon. And therefore, he got, is he going to say shachianu each time? So the Rishonim make two suggestions here. One suggestion is, this is a Kohen who has never brought a mincha in his life. Hmm. Or a moderate uh, version of it is, it's the first time that year or that season that he's bringing a mincha. Right? Because the coin would come up twice a year, typically, first time he's doing it. The other possibility is, it's the first mincha being brought, let's say, after Shavuot. So it's like the first of the new grain, after the so Shavuot. Right, but again, they're 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 giving these answers because we have a problem here. Who's making the shachianu? Who's making it? How often is going to make it? All right, and now to show you the rest of the tosefta, it seems parallel. Hayam makrivs vachim birushalayim. Let's say you're bringing korbanot. You're offering korbanot, animal korbanot. Omer baruch shiyanu lazmanazet nochamu. And now, when you offer them up, baruch asher vachim. By the way, notice beforehand you made hamotzi when you ate the mincha. Here you make asher kidsham samtivanu lachol zvachim. Which, by the way, you may remember from the Tosef at the end of Sachim. What's the bracha on the zevach lachol zvachim? Okay, all right, good. So, but, but again, each person how, who comes to the Torah does a blessing. What? Each person that comes to the Torah, but not a shachianu. No, Shekhyanu, no. Right, that's where we're only, we're, okay, we're only right. Shekhyanu here. So what's this Shekhyanu in this Tosefta that's being made when you bring Menachot or bring Zvachim? What's that about? Indirectly, Nigel raised a good point. I mean, not, not, not the Bracha of the Torah, Nigel, but when you say Berkat Gomel, you would think that a Shekhyanu would be appropriate when you, when you do that. Hashem saved you from something. Okay. Yeah. Individual, okay. one okay. time, hopefully. It, right. So, so, and by the way, that's the big question. Sherwin, according to what you suggested earlier, that the Shechianu here 
is you bring a mincha of a toda. So then if that's the proper bracha, why don't we make a shachianu instead of a gomel? And a gomel is different than shachianu. Right? Gomel is more specific to the, to the cross. Right. So why don't you say a gomel here when you bring the mincha because you got out of prison or across the sea or whatever? Right. Uh, no easy answers. I'm not here to give any easy answers. I'm going to show you the toughness of Gemara and what we have to deal with. You know, which, which of course, at the end of the hard work, you get somewhere. So I want to tell you a story because it's, a, it's a, just a great story about um, the value of social networks and the, uh, the miraculous times in which we live. You know, we have a tendency often to bemoan the times in which we live and glorify times past which is almost always a mistake. First of all, it's pointless. And second of all, it's often seen through very bizarre colored glasses. As is everything back in the old days was great and everything was not. And then, you know, if you need to just watch Back to the Future and you can see what I'm talking about. But anyhow, um, um, but here's the story. So I'm, I'm looking through and I was, this is a few weeks ago and I'm trying to figure out where does the Shekhiano come from? And so... I got a hold of a um, a book that a, a retired professor, Professor Meredith at Bar Ilan, Professor Yosef Tabori, may he live and be well, had put together a bibliography on articles about tefillah. It's an entire book, which is just a bibliography on articles about tefillah. And I leafed through it. And uh, by the way, I could okay, I'm in, I'm in LA. I couldn't find it. It was not accessible online. Uh, and so as a shot, I, emailed, I texted a friend of mine at four in the morning in Israel. Um, and I said, do you by any chance know where I could get a copy of this book? And three minutes later, I got a message from him saying, it's in your telegram. So I opened up my telegram and he put the entire book there as a PDF. It was amazing. Okay, that was step one. So I opened it up. And, um, and I found one article on this topic that seemed to be relevant. Right. There's actually a much longer story that I'm going to tell you, and not nearly boring enough, but um, it was a, an article written by a fellow in England uh, for a memorial volume for Rabbi Monk. It was not online. It was not anywhere in any of the access, things that I have access to. So I asked some of my local friends who have much greater libraries than I, and they didn't have it. And finally, I decided I would call. So I have a friend here who's from Britain, and I called him. And I said, do you have the book? He says, no, I don't. But I'm still in touch with friends from Britain, so I'll get in touch with them. I'll see if anybody has it. And sure enough, the, the two nights later, I got an email from him saying, here's a voice note on WhatsApp. It's all very... Right? In the meantime, while I'm doing all of this work with local Brits who are trying to find it for me, I emailed an old friend of mine who is the librarian at the best yeshiva library in, in Israel, which is in Haritzion. He started the library 40 plus years ago. And I said to him, do you have this volume? He says, we don't have the volume, but I have a friend at Ben-Gurion where they have the volume. So I got a scan from the fellow in Ben-Gurion. It turns out then I found out who the guy who wrote the article was. And it turns out that I actually was at his nephew's wedding because his nephew married an old friend of mine 40 plus, 50 years ago, 45 years ago. It's a crazy world. In the meantime, I look at the article and I read it through and his article is about where the wording for Shekhyanu came from. And so he made a suggestion. 
And I think 50% of a suggestion is absolutely on, exactly on, and I think 50% of a suggestion is totally wrong. 50% of a suggestion is that the Shehegianu of the bracha comes from the bracha to Seder, like we saw. But where does the Hechianu Kimanu come from? So he made the following claim. Have you ever noticed that when we're davening, we have a thing called Modim de Rabbanan, right? And you ever wonder, so what's Modim Doraita? There's Modim Dorabanan, there must be Modim Doraita. So what, yeah. because normally whenever we hear the word Dorabanan, we assume that that's a classification of something of which the opposite side is Doraita. Now, Modim Dorabanan is named because of this sugya. So I'm going to steal about three minutes, um, go over if you don't mind, um, to take a look at this. The Gemara in Sota says the following. So when the Tzibur, when the Shteach Tzibur says Modim, what should everybody else say? It's not nice that he says Modim, and they just stand around, you know, checking their, their phones. So Amar Rav, Rav said, here's what they should say. Modim Hashem Modim Lach. We thank you for the fact that we thank you. Rav Amital gave once a beautiful sicha about Yom Atzmut on that line. That you have to be grateful to God for giving you the wisdom to be able to see miracles and thank him for it. So a slight variation. Does these words start to sound familiar? All right. Nahardei, that's the rabbis, the old rabbis from Nahardea. Amri Mishmed Rabbi Simoy, Brachot Vahodaod Shimcha Hagadol, want to thank you. Al Shechitanu Vikiam Tanu. Look familiar? That you have kept us alive and you've sustained us. Al Shanu Modimlach. Rav Achabar Yaakov Masayim Bahachi, he would add to that, Kain to Chayenut Kamenut Chonenut Kabtsenu, Tasov Kabtsenu, Chazor Kuchacha, similarly keep us alive and bring us together. To come back to your Beit Hamikdash, the Shmuel Chukach of the Sotras of Chavli Rav Shalem Al Shanu Modim Lach. Now you see about five different variations of the of the Modim here, right? So Rav Papa, who does this all the time, says Hilkach Nemrinu Lekulu. So you know what? We'll say all of them. I like they're good. We'll say all of them. Yeah, but there's no, there's no Vigiyanu. There's no there correct, correct. So so that's why it's called Modim de Rabbanan, meaning it's a Modim which is an anthology of different rabbis' versions. We say them all. And it got formulated into a thing. Very nice. But this fellow, uh, Weisenberg, I think his name is, suggested that the bracha that we have of Shechianu is a, is a amalgam of the Higianu from Pesach and the Chitanu Vikiamtanu from here. I don't, I don't see it at all. Because, first of all, this is very late. This is the Nahardei. This is like third generation Amoraim composing this. Hard, hard to say that this is a source for something in the Tosefta. Second of all, this is not an occasion bracha, meaning there's not something that's said when you reach a particular occasion. This is something that's said every day when the when the Tzibur says modim, this is what you're supposed to say, which means the context don't fit at all. So I wanted to show it to you because it exists, but I, I, I'm not comfortable saying that's why I'd rather say I don't know where it comes from than to pick a source that I think is, is faulty. Um, what we're going to do next week, with your permission, is we're going to finish this because I don't want to leave this hanging. But what we're going to do is take a look at what happened to this Tosefta that said, whenever you build a sukkah, make shachiana, which we don't do. Whenever you build a, make a lulav, you say shachin, which we don't do. 
We have to take a look at the riff. We have to take a look at the Tosfot about this. We have to take a look at the Rambam. and see what happened to all of this. And then I'm going to make a suggestion about what, how the development of Shechianu on Mitzvot. It starts with, maybe, starts with um, the Higianu Lecho Matzal Maror, maybe. We'll see. And how it gets to the point we make a Shekhyan on Shofar and a Shekhyan on Megillah and a Shekhyan. And those are all, by the way, Shekhyan on Megillah and Shekhyan on Hanukkah are in the Gemara. Right? What say? What's the, the wording in Megillah? Barech um, Manach. Manach is Megillah, Neis and Chianu. That's the Chet. Right? Uh, famous Sugyan Hanukkah says, How many brachot do you make on Hanukkah? The first night you make three, the second night you make two. If you're Roeh, the first night you make two, second night you make one. We all know Shechianu is said and it's dropped after the first night. We all know that. How do we get there? Because again, it does not show up in Mishnah. And except for the few things that we've seen, it's not in Tosefta either. It all starts in the Gemara. How did it develop? Why did it develop? And how did the wording develop? And that's what we're going to look at next week.